0: Greetings and Aloha. Ronnie Landis here. I will be your tour guide through another episode of the Life Mastery Podcast. We have a special, special conversation in this episode. I bring on my friend, my sister, Rachel Pringle. And Rachel is an amazing multi-dimensional mystic transformation coach. And we go so deep into so many different topics, so many things that are going to be incredibly enlightening. Um, You may even have a spontaneous awakening or two as you go over this episode, as you spelunk deep into the rabbit hole of transformation and inner evolution and self-healing and all the different things that we go deep into, there is a certain magnetism. There's a certain um, energetic transference that happened in this conversation between me and Rachel. And I think that's just kind of our vibe. Um, again, she's a she's a dear sister. And I met her through her partner, Johan, who is actually the last podcast guest. So if you didn't listen to my episode with Johan Erb, Go back over that after you listen to this one with Rachel. They are a dynamic duo, and I'm excited to do a podcast with both of them soon. But uh, yeah, you you are in for a ride, so buckle your seats, or your seat, buckle your seatbelt, children, and get ready for an incredible deep dive. And before we get into the episode, I do want to let you know if you don't already know. I have an online course called The Dopamine Solution, How to Become Anti-Fragile in an Overstimulated and Unstable World. This is my online video course for my 30-day dopamine reset program and protocol. This is a breakthrough course. It's a self-study course, so it has about 30-plus videos that you can watch all in your own convenience, and there is an entire... Lifestyle and health optimization roadmap that I created and put it into a PDF format, and it teaches you how to do a self-optimization dopamine reset protocol. There's nothing else quite like it in the in the market of dopamine resets, dopamine detoxes, um, you know, biological optimization, all these kind of things that are like biohacking terminology. And this idea of a dopamine reset has become very popular in the last three or four years. I've been championing the idea of a dopamine reset, particularly in my book, The Addiction-Free Lifestyle. And I've taken hundreds of people at this point through customized dopamine reset programs. And so I condensed all that knowledge and put it into a 30-day video course that you can go over. It's going to teach you so many amazing things about brain health, mental health, emotional intelligence, breath work, um, even somatic trauma release um, strategies, how to deal with trauma, how to deal with addictions, um, how to implement nutritional strategies for brain and nervous system optimization, and ultimately how to Change your behavior, change addictive tendencies, change sub, um, subconscious self-sabotaging tendencies, all while retraining your brain through its dopamine system. This is an incredibly powerful course, and for everybody listening, you are going to get a coupon code for $200 off the original price. The code is dopamine reset 200. And the price is usually $500. I'm giving you as a special gift, I'm giving you $200 off. So it's only $300 for the entire course. And if you implement even 50% of the information in there, it will change your life forever. That much I promise you. So I really want to encourage you to go over to the website, hhphealth.com forward slash dopamine. And this, that's going to be in the show links below, with the link and the coupon code dopamine reset two hundred. Go ahead, take advantage of that. Tell your friends, or tell your family, or tell your partner who is dealing with certain addictions or habits that are not serving them, that are having challenges, changing out those uh, brainwave states. This will be a really powerful program. I'm excited for you to give me your feedback on it. So again, the dopamine reset uh, HHP health.com forward slash dopamine coupon code dopamine reset 200 all right now without any further ado let's dive into this incredible conversation with my dear friend rachel pringle greetings everyone welcome to another edition of the life mastery podcast i am your host ronnie landis and i'm joined by an amazing woman an amazing human being her name is rachel pringle rachel is a transformational coach a leader a facilitator um a mystic just a immensely amazing human being that i have the honor of uh dropping in with today and having an amazing conversation i know it's going to be amazing because we've done this a number of times And for whatever different series of reasons, it uh, just timing or connection, um, internet connection or whatever different circumstances were afoot, things didn't fully line up. So there's been a lot building for this moment. And I'm so grateful that we are able to make it all align. And welcome to the holy now.
1: Yes, thank you. It's such an honor to do this again and again. I mean, hey, if the conversations have been this good since then, I can't I can't wait to see what happens.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, likewise. Well, hmm, I think I would just like to start by giving a a quick synopsis of your your background and your superhero origin story, as I like to put it. You have quite a story and you're quite a human being and you do amazing work. And we're going to get into all that. And I'm sure this conversation is going to go from 3d to 5d very quickly so let's start off as that uh, for that as our launching pad
1: beautiful yeah i mean gosh it's you know i think that the the word mystic really feels like a all-encompassing um expression of what it is that i be and experience in the world and the reason why i love that word specifically is because it is so close to mysterious. And I really feel like this experience is is really about making love to mystery and learning how to let mystery undo you over and over again and how to be in that space between the breath, space between reaction and response. And what do we do with that? And that's really what I teach and what I coach and what I facilitate for myself first and foremost. And my, my highest joy is to bring that to people who are ready to receive that transmission.
0: Beautiful, beautiful, perfect way to ground us both into this conversation. Uh, Thank you for that. Yeah. I mean, the word mystic has deep meaning to me as well. That's one of the ways that I identify um, as well as many other adjectives or archetypes, but the mystical archetype is, is a really powerful one and it's something that is really it's it's kind of re-emerging in an ancient old brand new kind of way like the ancient wisdom of the old as we would have it is is making a comeback so to speak and it's taking on a different mold a different shape a different form a different version or iteration in our modern context especially with the advent of the psychonautical plant medicine entheogen ceremony space that's opened up in the last 10 years um like that's really become popularized and then also with the the advent of the legalization of certain um certain substances for um for psychiatric and healing use and that that being one aspect But i'm really kind of tuning into that i know you and i both have a, a seasoned history in that world and we can speak to those things but also non-induced non-external induced mysticism is what i find really interesting and i'd like you to speak to this too um, especially from the I, I would say like the sacred feminine perspective um the the mystical impulse that's taking place in our world and Mm -hmm. I can get very colorful with language and all that I'm gonna I'm gonna digress from all that because I I I feel like I feel a a creative impulse with you Um, but yeah just like this 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 mystical impulse this creatrix or this creator consciousness that is that is emerging and certainly seeking to emerge within all of us on the on the forefront of transformation I'm curious what comes up for you
1: yeah, I I agree with you. And I think, you know, what's happening in our modern day age is so incredible. And I have a tendency to lean towards, uh, like, reaching those states in a sober context. And that doesn't mean that I don't, you know, embrace these other contexts, because I do. And I believe that there is a particular edge that we sort of ride. And I love that edge. And that is part of the reason why I'm here. And I believe in order to actually ride that edge, we must learn to to face that edge completely sober. And something I think with the, I mean, it's with everyone, but specifically with invoking that divine feminine that I believe we all have within us is what I like to call the Holy Trinity, which is body, breath, and sound. And when we really immerse ourselves into that incredible dance there's something incredibly prolific that happens and it's it's not comfortable right it's it takes us out of this structural awareness that we're so used to as like a a very masculine based culture you know we like systems and we like structure and i do too and i love my sacred masculine and i believe this day and age is really asking for us to surrender into the, the you know the chaos that is the feminine and chaos meaning chaos that creates ultimate you know divinity right and there is um there is a let go that is involved in that expression that is so incredibly like psychedelic <laughs> and i just i'm i'm thinking about a bodywork session i had yesterday that was a full on ayahuasca ceremony you know and the the pathway through the immense pain that i was experiencing was my breath my voice and my body intertwined and the sounds that were coming out of me and i had this sort of like visceral out-of-body experience um and i think it's so interesting because i spoke to the body worker and he said that most men can't handle this type of session because the pain is so intense and women have a certain particular flavor of surrender that obviously is the reason why perhaps we give birth to children like the sounds and the the permission that i was able to give myself in order to channel that sort of experience was nothing short of mystical
0: yeah okay so that that's amazing and yeah, you're you're absolutely right about that as far as like a woman's pain tolerance, quote unquote. And pain comes in many forms and many flavors and many versions. Yeah. Um my partner Alora, which is how you and I and your partner Johan met originally, she has the same exact thing. Like she can go into body work. I can be working on her in the most like vulnerable spots. Where I would just be squirming and just like, ah, just, just like, okay, get off me. Like she's tried (laughs) to work on me or tickle me in certain places. And I'm just like, "Ah, ah, you know, I'm just like squirming. But then I'm working on her in these deep, like these deep penetrative angles on her body and going deeper. And I'm like, wow, like, like it's, it's, it's like, it feels like it's like a portal into. Yeah. To a particular like psycho-emotional signature of some sort of repressed trauma or something that's that's being dug into, um, and being identified in in you know whatever that experience is, like you said, like an ayahuasca esque experience, but in a complete sober state. Um, I, I'd like to actually speak to that too because I've mentioned for my audience' sake, I, I've mentioned in many different um many different podcasts, different things around psychedelics, or this has come up in different conversations. And I don't want people to think that I'm overemphasizing psychedelics because I, I'm certainly not. It's a part of my journey. It's a part of many of our journey and it's a, a theme in the emerging zeitgeist. So we, we, it has to, it has to be brought up in, in different, you know, whether it's cautionary or it's encouragement, but the the idea of a psychedelic experience is not, does not mean an external substance to induce it. That that's like a permission slip. Yes. Um, I'd love, I'd like to speak to that a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think that I absolutely agree. And I have, I have an affinity towards that because it, it directly puts us face to face with self-responsibility Right. And I think that that is one of the the most important pillars of our awakening. As human beings, right to have self responsibility and to take our creation and our lives into our own hands is what ha- what takes us, i believe, from a disempowering narrative into an empowering narrative. and when you can touch those places within yourselves, knowing that nothing else is in your sphere, no other external medicine, that gives you a direct line to source that nothing else can give you you know and and the beauty of it is there's so many different myriad of ways i'm in a particular um exploration in my practice right now with, with three locks and different mudras. And like, you know, the, the experiences that I'm having completely sober every morning at 9am, just with my body, breath and sound is connecting me to, to something that can only be described as otherworldly because nothing else is happening. Right. I'm in my sweatpants, you know, I'm like, I have, I haven't had any, any like ingestions. It's just this breath and the, the, permission when we can take it out of context of medicine and be our own permission slip that leads us into a path that i think is is really what's emerging now right and the medicine like you know ayahuasca and psilocybin all those incredible things kind of mean they're incredible and once you get that hit what do you do to take that into your day-to-day life how do you right. let that feed your daily practice and when you when you slip into that on a day-to-day basis you form a resiliency that we that our society is yearning for Mm -hmm. because this experience Mm -hmm. is really like confronting and challenging no matter how much work you do it is that and so how do we build resilience that is not dependent on an external thing right Mm -hmm. and i believe it's it's touching those places on your own and realizing you are the source and that's really what ayahuasca Mm -hmm. is showing us anyways you know and it's um like I said before, once you touch that, then you can take that awareness into these edges, which exist in all different arenas, our career, our relationships, sexuality, right. uh, whatever it is, and learn how to touch it with such deep awareness. And that's what we're seeking, I believe.
0: Mm, mm, mm-hmm. F- fully agreed. Extremely well put. And what came up for me is the power of ritual. Yeah. And so what what I've learned in my plant medicine and entheogenic, um, explorations over the years and in doing deep, deep, arduous spiritual work in ceremony, it it is incredibly confronting. And there, there is some, for some of us, some of us have a a proclivity and a tendency to lean into that confrontation. Um, in those experiences with the proper set and setting, they really facilitate a type of like internal quest an internal confrontation that you don't get in the mundundity of, you know, the status quo of society and the way that it's set up and in the, you know, the kind of the, the black and white humdrum sitcom theatrical reality of, you know, the sociopolitical society that we live in. It doesn't necessarily support the um, the ecstasist. And the altered state experience that that so much so many of us are experiencing, which is why altered states are so sought after. I mean, yeah. coffee in of itself is coffee, alcohol, and you know billboard billboard signs, infomercials, TVs, all that kind of thing. Like th- those are those are convenience based drugs. Those are societally acceptable, but yeah. we're all seeking an altered state of experience. Um, and this is just a theme that's always played out throughout history. So when I think about that, I think about the power of ritual. I, I grew up as a martial artist. I'm an athlete, as an entrepreneur, as a coach, someone who's geared towards self-mastery as you are Um the power of ritual gives us that altered state, but it also anchors us in the physicality of our experience. And I guess that's kind of where my consciousness is tracking right now: the intersection between the altered state experience and also being deeply connected to our physical embodiment. Yes,
1: absolutely. I mean, I'll never forget that I was when I first got to LA, it was like ten years ago, and I was like in a women's circle and there was a girl who was like she must have been 15 years old and she just like hit hit the nail on the head she was like everyone around me is so obsessed with ascending you know like but aren't we here for a reason right and that's really Mm -hmm. been my entire path and I and that's why all of my ritual is embodiment based it's like how do we how do we make love to it now in our body and even the even the essence of making love is a bodily act, right? And that can take you to these incredibly transcendental states, but it is through that unlocking of the body because that's Mm -hmm. where everything is stored. And I think that we as a society are, we're, you know, addicted to leaving our experience and i understand that i'm not i am not like void of that as well we all have those desires because this experience is wild and when we take it in with that ritual into the body that's when it can inform us and i believe that that's the sort of the juiciness that we're seeking and we all have resistance every time i get ready to do a ritual i have some sort of resistance i could do this i could be doing that i could et cetera, etc cetera, etc cetera, especially with you know the the rat race that we're all in no matter what you know even us as like spiritual entrepreneurs there is that as well you know yeah. we're our own bosses and how do we slow down time in order to actually serve the moment and i believe one of the only ways that we can do that is with consistent ritual and i think that that's the thing that is most present and i feel it with you know anyone that I work with, I'm like, if you want the answer, it is through your commitment to your practice, that it's not through anything else, because that consistency will show you your own patterns. And I think the hard truth behind that is so many of us are looking for, you know, the 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 easy, pill, the formula. And when you are consistent and you sit with yourself over and over again, you realize there is no formula. There is no right way to do it. There is only a making love to chaos that arises moment to moment. And the real mastery is how do we confront that energy when it arises? And that can only be done through practice. It can never be you know a a 90 day you know like fast track to it you you might get a glimpse into one door but then you walk in and there's seven million other doors to go through mm. and instead of that being incredibly um scary and the, the word i want like it can it make it can make us feel hopeless Or helpless at times and i think it's important to talk about because when you're on a spiritual journey there's a part of us that thinks once i do this then i'll get this and that trap exists in in all of us in a certain way and i don't believe that that thing ever really exists it is learning how to walk through the door see seven million other doors and Mm. be absolutely Mm. exhilarated by Uh. all the Mm -hmm. discovery and mystery that lies behind them you know when i was in the depth of my practice two days ago, and I discovered something new. After my practice, I said, I'm so excited to meet this tomorrow because I know it's going to be completely different. Mm. And that mystery is what keeps me going versus an end result that is never going to get here.
0: That's so beautifully put. Consistency creates certainty certainty creates confidence a lot of times we're looking for that emotional end byproduct and we mistake the however the, the phrase goes like mistake the the forest for the trees or the trees for the forest right we 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 want that thing we want the emotional byproduct of the thing that actually creates that and sustains that long term it's yeah. like you can't bypass bypass the work and quote unquote the work, whatever that even means. That okay. in of itself needs to be unpacked and demystified by the individual themselves. And and that brings up an interesting point when you talk about rituals, because I think a lot of us that get into the spiritual personal development world, it's like, what what are you developing yourself for exactly? Like what's the form and the function and do they match together? If you want to build a business, you need to get specific guidance on the type of business, the type of clients, the, the the pathway that you're moving in. If you're getting, if you're, if you want to be more, you know, you're getting into fitness, you need specific exercises and training modalities that are going to work for the function that you want to achieve. Right. Um yeah you know, etc., etc. We could, we could extrapolate that out. And it would be actually be really fascinating to do that when it comes to like relationships mm-hmm. in particular, that's something I'd love to explore with you as well. That's, that's, that's something that you and your, your partner, Johan, um, have a deep, like alchemical mastery of. And, um, but before we get on that, I just want to kind of get to this point, you know, talking about rituals now, now talking about like the functional aspect of all this, whether it's personal development or spiritual practices. Yeah. A lot of us get into this, but it's almost like random or it's just kind of throwing things against the wall or just seeing what sticks like, okay, let me just see what emerges. Let me just see what the universe provides me. And then I'll kind of just go with the whims of the wind and just kind of go along with it. So what, what, are, what's, what's your thought on all that?
1: I think that, I think you you're right in a sense of like consistency consistency does create certainty certainty that you are alive and that this is mm. a mystery right and the consistency <laughs> is is that's it right and and the flex because I I agree I think that we're in this new age where the old way of rigidity is is breaking and hallelujah right mm. and we're we are being asked to be fluid and to meet the moment and Uh, there is a structure which is i believe meeting yourself daily right there it's like okay i'm going to show up to this place every single day no matter what to look inside and see what's here today and how can this inform me of how i want to move forward today right because exactly what you said even for us as entrepreneurs i don't know the end result i know the the overshadowing which is i want to empower and impact as many people as i possibly can period how i'm going to do that is ever evolving and ever changing and Mm -hmm. if i try to attach myself or identify with one thing the universe just smacks me in the face she's like no it's not stagnant and you can't be stagnant it used to be stagnant and i think that that yeah 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 for a period of time but it's like know i heard this saying recently which is like we're not going to ask our parents about like you know a career now because what worked for them does not work for us now we're in a completely different day and age Mm -hmm. where everything is evolving at such a rapid speed and that's what we're we're seeking is like how do we find the stillness in the midst of the storm because it does Mm -hmm. feel incredibly um chaotic and Mm -hmm. so that's that like awareness of like how do i sit in that and how do i how do i balance myself when i'm feeling completely off balance Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. that is a recipe for our our entire existence how we relate to ourselves how we relate to our career our partners our life our family everything that we do if we're looking which i think is that is sort of the basis of the work is like i'm looking to create balance
2: uh, and they, uh, they
1: yeah. misuse the word balance with like, you know, people will say often, like, I'm looking to create peace. And I'm like, well, if you think that peace means that nothing is going to mm-hmm. bother you, or trigger you, or you're not going to feel affected by what's, a, what's happening around you, I don't know how well you're going to go without work, right? It's actually, how do I use, again, Jamie wheel said it, the raw material that arises moment to moment Hmm. for my ultimate transformation. And really that is the, to take that information, to take it inside of us and to decide what the linguistics of that experience is going to serve our moment. Who do I want to be through this experience? Who am I deciding? You know, I am by this argument or this um, Hmm. failure, or this success. What is it Is that leading me to more um, expansion and tenderness and softness and love and kindness? Because that's really what it is that we need. Or is this leading me towards a deeper rat race that, you know, Mm -hmm. the people who are in the work, you know, tied to that healing they're in that and you can feel the suffering of like just one more sit one more ceremony one more this and then i'll get it and and i'm like that's Mm -hmm. so much pressure that you're putting on yourself totally And, and instead i think we're really seeking you know, I just did this with a client this morning. It's like when we have this, these moments, it's like, take that part of you that's breaking and hold it in your arms and, and be with it. That's what you're seeking yeah. is when a child is having a tantrum, they don't want you to stop the tantrum. They want you to see them.
0: Mm. Hmm. Yeah. The, um, every, every action we take is a vote that we're casting for the person that we want to become. Yes, and I think that's the that's that's how it got distilled in my mind. At least the the kind of riff that I went on about the rituals is ultimately their anchor points for the version of you, the person that you are. You are voting to become every every action, every thought, every every intention in action is a vote. And 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 it's interesting too because what what I feel like is that when especially when you're practicing something new you don't necessarily know who you're going to become. You don't necessarily know. It's kind of awkward, right? It's uncomfortable. That's why there's this limbic friction. There's this resistance that kicks in. The amygdala sometimes kicks in and wants to cause an emotional reaction and disrupt your equilibrium And, and, you know, all those kinds of wild things that we experience as human beings. And even in piercing through the eye of the needle of that particular storm, Of the mind and just saying, you know what, I'm going to do it anyways, and I'm going to detach from the outcome of it. I'm just going to do it and make the practice about the practice. And that becomes the dopaminergic reward, not the outcome, but the practice itself. And I think that that shift right there becomes so powerful. But then it's then it's not about what I'm going to get. It's about who I'm being by choosing it. I'm choosing it by doing it. And then whatever happens is just whatever happens.
1: Yes, 100 million percent. And that's what we're, we're really seeking, right? It's like, because, mm. you know, in those, in those, I can think about those like really pivotal moments in my life where I made a, a big decision, right, that, that impacted me in it in the most magnificent way it was that blind knowing of i'm following something mm,
2: mm-hmm. and,
1: and that's why the the ritual is so important because it, it solidifies that relationship to that voice that says keep going i know that you feel completely out of control and like you don't know what you're doing but trust me keep going and that's what we need to actually anchor ourselves to on a daily basis because if we're going for what we believe will make us happy, it is in these bold, risky choices that don't make Mm. a lot of sense at the forefront. You're like, really? the fuck am I doing? Right. right. Why am I choosing this? And I'm, I'm asking myself this question consistently recently, cause I'm making a lot of big moves. And if I didn't have that moment to moment when I'm, you know, I just had it this morning, you know, I'm, it's a full moon, I'm in a mood. And if I didn't allow myself to be in that mood, right. If I attached to the perfectionism of the outcome versus just like being with myself in the moment and listening to the voice, that's like, baby girl, you're doing it. Just keep going just today, just be messy, just be, you know, moody, whatever it is, and be an allowance. And I think that the energy of allowance is the fluidity of water, right? You can't trap water Right, or else you trap it in a in a one-cylinder thing that that can't actually give you what you want. We want the power of the ocean. You cannot hold the ocean in your hands. <laughs> right. You know, you have to you have to be one with it. You have to allow it to move you. Sometimes it will move you like a riptide really fast, or sometimes it's just sitting you in stillness and making you wait. And what will you do with that? Are you gonna make yourself exhausted you know mm. by fighting it or are you going to trust what is and that is the ultimate thing that we're playing with
0: oh that's so good do you do you personally feel that well first of all do you feel that life is like a transformational institute from like a design feature perspective like i don't mean like an airy fairy like you know what i mean like an actual like holographic design feature of this reality, do you think it's intended to be an institute for transformation?
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I've said this like uh, quite a lot in the last few years. I, you know, I believe that we're here to experience one thing, which is to be alive, right? Yeah. That alive is the word, right? Because in, in, in aliveness, we are fully meeting the moment, right and so we create experiences of aliveness over and over again now the the texture and the flavor of aliveness mm-hmm. is is what is contributing to our the way that we are choosing to transform mm-hmm. and i believe that for for us there is this this desire to triumph over a narrative that keeps us disempowered
2: definitely right and
1: those, those are the moments that we feel such ecstasy is when you are in a moment and you could choose a path that Mm. you've chosen many times before that gave you a result that you're not enjoying, or you could choose to overcome your trauma, your wounding, your narrative, your programming, and choose that little slight hum that's tickling you right under your left, right rib or whatever and saying, come over here. And when you choose, despite all of your conditioning and programming, That moment Mm. is, I believe, the most empowering experience and it can show up in all these different myriads of ways. It's like a Uh, conversation in sex, when you're fighting, when you're choosing to move across a country or adopt an animal or whatever it is. It's it's that thing that keeps us coming back. And to what you just said, that choice forms who we ultimately become.
0: So, yeah, we're... It's kind of like brings in this whole thing around timeline theory, choice point moments where it doesn't have to be these big grandiose. In fact, oftentimes it's not a lot of times the big grandiose things can, can actually be problematic. If we haven't, we haven't integrated the basics, right? Trying to do a backflip without learning how to do a back cartwheel can be, can be a problem. Some people can skip that step, but most can't. Right. Um, but it, a lot of times, it's those small choices are yes. the are the big victories, and that's yeah. what I want to emphasize about what you said to everybody, myself included. I lose sight of that all the time. But it, but it's what's interesting too is that I I've developed such a level of self awareness to the the design feature of the game, and the game does seem to have like a moral blueprint, a moralistic, virtuous value system blueprint of benevolence and malevolence type of type of dynamics. And and it's all living within us. It's not outside of us, although there is plenty of that outside of us. It's it's the it's the angel and the devil that exists within us, the shadow and the light. And both of them have their own intelligence. They have their own voice. They have their own energetic. And it's like whichever one that you feed and empower is the energetic that you feel and you can feel the tone of that particular energetic of the angelic nature or of the devilish nature. If you want to use that language um, mm-hmm. and, it, and then that vote that you cast, you just simply experience more of that as a, as an emotional state, but it certainly has shown me it reflects externally too, which I, which I find is a very fascinating thing to pierce through the veil of the holographic nature of this reality which which again brings in this whole thing around psychedelics not the substances but the phenomenon is what i'm talking about the phenomenon that we do live in in an altered state and that we can actually alter our external reality based on our own consciousness
1: yeah absolutely yeah And, and and i think that that's that's it and it's like it it seems too simple right? Ah. In a way. Mm. And, and and I I believe that that's sort of our, our battles, like the, the, the things that we're seeking, right? We're, we're disguising them as these big, grand changes. And Mm. it is that moment of what choice can I make right now? That's actually going to propel me into the direction I want to go in, where I'm going to choose the choice that, you know, keeps me in the same place. And like, you know, it's the, the, I think it's the best quote, You know, definition of insanity is Mm. doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And yet, most of us in our day to day life choose that, and we're like, "Well, this time it's going to be different, right?" And we always we want to be, you know, we want to be validated by that, right? Instead of learning how to validate ourselves. Yes. That's the thing that we're seeking. We want this. Like if. it it doesn't help if Johan validates me over and over again, if I don't believe him.
0: Totally. Totally. Yeah. Oh, I know that one. (laughs) Oh yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I just, I just had an experience after yesterday, after I had my, bodywork session, which was unbelievable and profound. And it was a series of of of, of healing that I've been doing for myself as I mm-hmm. journey into this next phase of my life. And at the end of it, it had culminated into this profound experience where it was like this bit of trauma has now left my body and I am healed. And it was so profound and beautiful. And we get into the car and we go into this dynamic, Johan and I, that is so reminiscent of our relationship, my dynamic, right. Mm. And it happened right in front of my eyes immediately. And I watched the part of me go, Oh, I'm not healed. Oh, it's still here. And Uh, then I watched the part of me that said, Oh, no, I get to choose right now, the universe is giving me this gift. Am I going to choose to do the old pattern that makes me disempowered? Or am I going to choose? He's not doing anything. He's just offering me an opportunity. Right, oh, he's like in, in his highest expression and I got it and I transmitted it and I was like this is what it is it's me choosing am I going to allow someone else's emotional experience affect my own right D- like deter my own experience right? And it was such a pivotal moment because that's what it is. It's Mm. that practice experience over and over again. It's not this one practice or one ceremony or one experience that heals you. It is an ongoing healing experience and not with this like energy of like, I'm rushing to get to the end, but like, ooh, Mm. what is this going to reveal through me in this moment?
0: Okay. So I think that Allows us to segue into this conversation around relationship alchemy. Mm -hmm. And um there's so much that you brought up that I wanted to touch on. I'm gonna I'm gonna digress on that for now. And let's dive into relationship alchemy. I I wanna approach it from the perspective that we're in relationship with everything. Yes. And you mentioned about not rushing, and I just wanted to mention this this energetic of rushing is so prevalent in the world. I I feel it within myself. Literally, my cells can feel it because there's something called psychoneuroimmunology, which is just basically how your immune system and your endocrine system are connected to your brainwave states and your thought forms. So when we're mentally scattered or we're rushing, our, our biology feels that and we increase entropy and we increase the the felt experience of time. So you had mentioned something about rushing to the finish line, and I thought there was more profundity in that simple statement than people might make of it. Um, And it just made me think about like, wow how do we cultivate our garden in every moment? How do we cultivate our relationships in every moment, whether that be to our food, to our lover, to our partner, to ourself, to our ABC and D and E, whatever it is, how do we mm-hmm. cultivate relationship um, in our lives? And yeah. I want to, I want to start there. And then I, I definitely do want to get into like the intimate relationship alchemy.
1: Yeah, I think it's, I, I love that so much. Cause that's really, that is like my mantra. It's like make love to life. Right. That is mm-hmm. what it's asking for. And I think the awareness too, is what are we seeking? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. What, what is it that we are actually seeking and to get really clear on that, because there is this sort of illusion placed on society that you find your partner, mm. you know, you get married and then like,
2: that's uh, okay,
1: right they, uh, they all the movies all the you know from from kids disney and all these other movies it's like happily wow. ever after and they never show the work right and let's redefine what the work is it's you no. know the it's, it's i believe if we can you know recreate the word work it's the work of unfolding ourselves mm-hmm. into the greatest love that exists over and over again. And it will continue to expand. It's the Lotus that exists within all of us. And then you have two lotuses that are together creating their own. And so there is we carry this misconception into relationship, right? And we're like, Okay, we rush, you know, rush to find a partner. And then we're like, Okay, great, we're here. And then we have no idea what to mm-hmm. do with that.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: this, You know, there's, there's, and I, it's it's like, we're not taught that we're not taught the beauty of opening ourselves up to love. And it is an ever unfolding experience and it cannot be rushed. Mm
2: -hmm. It's,
1: It's impossible because if you rush it, you miss the moment. Yeah, It's a similar, it's really a perfect mirror of our practice, right? If you, if you're so rushed in the morning, that you can't practice or do a ritual to center yourself into who you wanna be in this day. Mm. And you're making the moment that the the day is informing you that you wanna be, right? And same with relationship. And if you think about like quarrels or fighting or contractions, we're rushing to get to the end when actually the juice of love comes from sitting with love and kindness through those contractions. And when you do that, you will witness yourself and your partner or partners soften into the tenderness and the suppleness that is past the armor that we've cultivated mm. over time.
0: Mm. Mm. That's so beautiful. I feel like that's that stands true with like relationship to anything in our lives and the variations of of different categories of people that exist in our lives at different times and that, that, that relaxation or that, that parasympathetic response when we're in contraction, because obviously like when we're in contraction, we're in this like sympathetic lock and it feels very contracted. So it's very uncomfortable and it's a unique type of uncomfortable. um, And we're seeking relief. Right. And then this is where a whole conversation could get into like addiction and and all that, like external coping mechanisms to medicate, numb, sedate, tranquilize the internal tes- tension, or restlessness or that discomfort that we feel within. And we don't know how to quell that. Yeah. And so I think I think you bring in a really interesting perspective around contraction and expansion, because ultimately, when we're in contraction, all we want is to expand. Mm hmm. Right, but if we expand too much, then all we want is to contract a little bit. It's like this dynamic dualistic dance of the human experience, um, and we need both.
1: Yeah, we need. I'm remembering specifically. I don't know why this popped in my head. A con- like a contraction that Johan and I were in. This is years ago. It's so like maybe mm-hmm. six years ago, and we weren't getting anywhere. You know, like we were in a loop, what I like to call
2: Uh,
1: happening over and over again. And that's the moment when we're like, I just give up, Mm. you're like, I don't want to do this anymore, which is where, and again, I believe it directly connects us back to that. You're doing the same thing over and over again. And in that moment, spirit was like, or my soul was like, why don't you try something different? Right. That's what this experience is asking you to. And I took a moment. And I silenced, I took that sacred pause and I rechecked in and I said, how do I want to express this? What do I want to do with this energy? This expression, the linguistics, the cadence, all of this, this full totality of me channeling my energy to this person. And I said it and he was like, Oh, got it. And that was that moment of like, ah, I was trying to rush through this. I was trying to fix it. I was trying to be heard instead of simply slow down and really understand the experience inside of me and simply express it, going back to what we just said, without an intended outcome, right? To just, for it to be there, right? Because if we're in relationship and we are constantly connected to an outcome, we're never present right? We're only trying to get ours, right? Instead of letting, you know, a relationship is is always going to be two people or more than two people. So you're always going to have to take into account that there's other energy and alchemy is, is taking two or more energies and creating something new, right? You have to be willing to change in the midst of that. If you are attached to your outcome, you're not willing to change. And then therefore you're stuck, which is why we loop.
0: Mm. Mm. Wow. Wow. One of the thoughts that just came up for me is like in that in that example, and I recently had a similar one with my partner, Alora, which was we were talking last night. We were like on the phone for six hours debriefing. And um, yeah, it was just so funny. Like, I'm not going to tell the story, but it was like there was this like pop into the virtual video game moment where we had we had entered into what had been a loop of us bottoming out like it just like these really really detrimental bottoming out experiences that's led to us literally breaking up multiple times not because i wanted to or we wanted to but it's just it just literally the energy was the unification between us started breaking up and it was like a phenomenon in of itself but it's just kind of this weird loop and so the thing happened but then we were able to slow down and i was able to slow down and i and the old me would have wanted to be heard. I heard you say that. And I thought, yeah, isn't that an interesting thing? Because when I want to be heard or I want to be understood, it's usually because I'm not being present with myself mm-hmm. enough that I'm not understanding myself. So I'm projecting it upon my partner trying to as some sort of external like mirror to say, hey, can you understand me so I can understand me because I don't understand me right now. And I just I just dismantled that. And I simply said to her, I don't know what you're experiencing right now. What are you experiencing? And that simple thing transmuted the entire experience and popped out of the video game. And we it's like we, we like now beat the boss. Yeah. like that yeah. it that had like been holding us down we've been trying to beat this level for so long and it just happened and it was like this whole celebration I mean literally it was re- it was like it proved to me that reality is actually a video game it was quite trippy yeah.
1: and I, I think that the, that's what's happening in so many ways right it's like if this is a video game you know it's like the 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 journey and towards the end which has no end but it's somewhere over there it is our heart fully open mm. right mm. it is is making choices that are heart centered and that are that are bold but riddled with fucking kindness and compassion because we're all seeking that right and when we're looping and i love the way that you just expressed that i think it's absolutely true we're we're we don't feel heard and we're choosing to run the same track Hoping that it will it will give us a different outcome instead of learning how to adopt the skills and the tools that that lead us into creating a new reality together because that's what you're doing in partnership, right? Mm, mm. You are co-creating a new reality. You no longer have your own singular reality, and we have to understand that, right? If people are like, "I want partnerships. I don't want my life to change. I want someone to slip (laughs) into perfectly," and I'm like. And you're getting into it for the wrong reason. It's not like, you know, it's wonderful when you can co-create your life because you have two energies that create a third that is even more profound than what you could create on your own. That's why we have business partners. And that's why we have friends because it's a co-creation, right? We're co-creating with the divine all the time. We're never alone. But there is a singularity that we like to be connected to that is like disguised as individuation, Uh. right? We- are meant to be individuals and shine our own bright light, but we're meant to take that as an ingredient and form it with another ingredient and make a beautiful recipe, not just keep that ingredient singularly on your own, right? Butter is amazing, but on its own, it can get a little redundant. Butter with asparagus, butter with broccoli, butter with anything else, it makes a beautiful meal.
0: You know what that made me think about? And, and by the way, this is so beautifully um, articulated. Thank you so much for just the, the way that your wisdom kind of comes through. And so succinctly and so so practically for all of us. What what I was thinking about in my conversation yesterday is that I, I basically said, you know, like you and I are better together. Everything just happens when we're in sync and we're in flow and coherence money comes in opportunities come in we're synced up everything come everything just works better and she she kind of smiled and she's like she's like you know i hate to admit it but you're right and that statement is so telling of of a particular dynamic that you're speaking to yeah. um and i don't know i think this i think there's usually one or the other that's a little more independent or tries to be more independent the other one is more like hey let's do this together and there's kind of this interesting yeah. like polarity playoff dance going on um you know people in attachment theory we might call that anxious avoidant and that that's a particular signature and dynamic but that usually is more of a trauma based perspective and, that, and that's very real but that's not what i'm talking about right now I'm, I'm more on the playful side of it but like that that made me think that but that's such a theme that i've been navigating as well in my own ability as the masculine to surrender my ego and my attachment and my rigidity yes to the feminine having to be anything other than what she is and literally recognizing that my only duty and job is to love her Mm -hmm. to understand her not from this like oh i need to understand women kind of psychology thing but that I'm only here to understand and explore my woman, not to change her, but to understand her through the lens of love. And that's all I'm here to do. Oh, wow. Magic formula. Amazing. And then as I I recognize, as I give space to that, because I don't actually need her to change because I I actually just love her, then something, some kind of alchemy starts to take place and she, she morphogenically shifts in her own timing into the version of her that I wanted before, but I had to surrender to that. And then she becomes more surrender. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just, I'm just actually seeing it happen in real time now.
1: Yeah. And I would say, I would even say that it is for both parties. It, mm. it is also the the maturation of a relationship. The The gender will like take different forms. She okay. will learn how to then therefore surrender into your divine feminine and, and her sacred masculine. And it will on and on and on. And that's the beauty of it because we all have those energies. The yin and yang alpha and omega is existing in us all the time. And how do we hold space for it? Cause that's really what you're saying. Wow is you're you're creating space and there's no rushing right you're not rushing to a next destination you're becoming fascinated by what your partner is experiencing in front of you through the lens of love I love the way that you articulated that and that will lead you to your own mirrored experiences within you Mm. right And that's what, and that's why the dynamic of relationship is endlessly profound when we let it be, because it is a constant feedback of where we are not trusting,
2: Uh, uh, uh huh uh huh, where we
1: are not trusting, where we are not leaning into, where we are not choosing love, choosing ourselves, and we can see it as you said directly, like manifest in front of us. It actualizes when we choose this choice or this choice, right And there is discomfort in that because it is pushing us up against what society says we are supposed to do in these moments. and that's where we get tripped up so many of us because we are again similar to what I said earlier, abiding by an old relationship dynamic that it does not exist. We are all here to create our own blueprint of intimacy your blueprint is completely different than mine mine is mine right mine on my own and then what I create and co-create with Johan and we can't you know try to follow someone else's do we can adopt tools and that's what we're doing but the formula doesn't exist you just come in ready with your tools and you decide in the moment with patience and compassion what is the moment asking of me right now? How can I serve this moment? How can I serve myself? How can I serve my partner? You have to be slowed down enough and patient enough to even hear that question.
0: Right, right. So I have a question for you. This, this, <laughs> so this, this paradigmical uh, revolution in relational templating right? The relationship template is going through a paradigm shift. It's yeah. going through an upgrade. It's going through a deconstruction. It's going through the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. Something is happening that much. Yeah. We can all say for sure. And you said it so perfectly. And it's so true to my own experience that each one of us has our own templating. Yeah, And that could be an entire podcast in of itself. It's super fascinating. Relational templates, soulmates, twin flames, karmic, energetics and imprints that's all super fascinating but what i'm curious about is this thing around free will and intelligent design because what i got out of what was coming to me was like there's a certain template there's a certain energetic template within each one of us so we have our own individuated relationship there's a signature that we have within ourselves. And then also with our chosen partner or our choiceless cho- chosen partner, however you might think of it, mm-hmm. and that's kind of that's this that what I'm the the line of thought I'm straddling, which is that there's clearly an intelligent design built within these sacred relationship templates that have a magnetic pull, despite ourselves, despite our humanness, for sure. Yeah. And then there's also the free will aspect. I'm still choosing this. Yeah. It feels like it's choosing me, but I'm also choosing how to show up in it at the same time. So yeah. if you get where I'm going with that, I'm really curious what you have to say about that.
1: Well, I think it's you know the the it sort of bumps directly up against like fate and free will. Like, yes, and I actually believe that they are the same. Uh
2: huh. Uh huh.
1: I believe that we have a intuitive pull inside of us that is guiding us towards our ultimate actualization whatever that is for us individually and whatever that is in partnership and in order to get that we have to ignore or bypass or or blast through all of the parts of us that are conditioned and programmed into thinking this is the way right? I should be doing this, or I should want this. Or this is what a good relationship looks like. Or this is what a partner is supposed to be like. And all of those things What we stop and that exists in every other aspect. This is what my career is supposed to look like. This is what my house is supposed to look like this is what My blah, 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 blah. And we're all fitting into some highway, some neural pathway. Mm. And it takes effort to choose the pathway that we feel mm. is for us right and there's a difference between going into automation and choosing something
2: right
1: and and choosing something is a choice and it's daily and i believe you know for johan and i the reason why i would say the main reason why our relationship flourishes so much is because we choose it every day
2: Mm. we
1: actually do it Mm. from the moment that we wake up until the morning the moment we go to sleep it is a choice that we do in a million different ways every day Uh, yeah it's the way that we cuddle in the morning it is the way that we greet each other it's the way that he opens up the blinds and i start to make the coffee it's the way that he turns on the bio mat for me because he knows i like to sit there it's the way that we look at each other and choose to acknowledge versus get into automation and feel well he's just my partner now so they just should do that for me
0: right You know,
1: that's like for, for fate is like, there's a, a part of us that's like, well, if it's there and I believe that if it's for me, it will happen. And Mm -hmm. like, if you, you know, it's like, there's that joke that's going around like, oh, in order to meet someone, I actually have to go out and meet someone.
2: Uh Uh-huh. Right. Right.
1: Right. You have to follow that impulse. That's what, what your free will and fate is doing at the same time. You choose to follow the fated impulse inside of you.
0: And you got to get uncomfortable too, right? Like that's the other thing. If we are living in some kind of holographic video game sort of type of reality, which is based on growth, evolution, transformation, transmutation, all the fancy words that all say the same thing, which yes. is I'm, I'm here to evolve. I'm here to upgrade. I'm here to have a dynamic human experience. Then there's going to be inherent discomfort. And if you're used to just sitting around on your dating apps or or on social media or whatever wherever the habitual patterns are, and and you know, translate that, transfer that to any area of your life because again, we're in relationship to everything, in relationship to ourselves, we have to get uncomfortable. We have to break out of the pattern. Um the thing, but what really came up for me, and I, this is so simple and it's so almost innocently nuanced that most anybody would miss it. And I just want to highlight it. What I heard you say about choosing each other is that I'm considering that person. Like when, when Johan puts the biomat up for you, he's yes. considering you in his frame of reality within his holographic structure he's considering you that is so powerful
1: yeah and it's it is so simple and so profound because that's what we're you know i like to think that when when you say like we're in love right i believe what that really means is that we are both in the frequency of love Mm. right So we're existing inside this frequency of love and you can stoke that frequency, right? Or that flame Mm -hmm. over and over again versus just thinking, oh, I've fallen in love and now I'm here and now, which is what most people do. That's what the movies are showing us. That's what the books are showing us. And when you can, which is evolution, right? When you're cultivating and moving towards something, it is moving as well, right? And when we like, it's so... You know, y- you and I, you know, it's the appre- appreciate what you want to appreciate.
2: Totally. Right.
1: Period. Right. right. And we do it literally all day. I would say that 90% of our day is spent in gratitude for one another. Right. And that is, it seems so simple and it seems redundant in a way, but that stokes the flame. So whenever I see him, even though we've been together almost 10 years, Mm -hmm. I still have that flutter that is I feel seen he feels seen we're in love we're in the frequency of love like we just stepped into it except it's stronger because we know how to cultivate it now we're in the practice of it we're not just by like by chance happening on it and like oh the chemicals and wonderful like we just <laughs> met each other and it's so nice like no this is something that we work on and that like you said before when you learn a skill and you use it it creates profound confidence in you mm, right mm. I know how to make him happy that is a wonderful thing not that he needs me to do that he knows how to make himself <clears throat> happy and I can attribute to that yeah and that little moment of like you know me giving him the like slightly bigger piece of salmon right uh-huh. that I know make him happy. Cause I don't need to eat that much. It's like, or I, you know, if I put his <laughs> toothbrush head on for him, those moments not, are not just for him. Mm-hmm. They're for me.
0: Right. Right. Cause they, they say a relationship is they, I mean, I'm thinking of Tony Robbins right now. Um, a relationship is a place you go to give love. It's not a place you can't get love. And that that reframe right there is so powerful. It actually shifted something for me when I heard it a while ago. And it gave me permission to actually just keep loving. Because I think there was a there was a a particular point where I started feeling like maybe I should withhold my love. Like maybe it's too much. Like maybe, maybe the polarity is out of balance. Like maybe I'm actually there is something to this like power play kind of like, you know, positioning. Kind of dynamic. Like maybe I have actually given too much and now it's being taken for granted. I'm not saying, I'm saying in just yeah. my relationship templating kind of history. But then I realized, like, oh, actually, no. It's just like I need to fill myself up though. That's that's the, the distinction is that I need to make sure that I'm filling myself up in my own life, that that there are no subtle expectations or hidden agendas that I'm not even aware of when I give love. So it can be given freely. Um, and that's that's a lot of what I heard from you is that like we're just we're we're giving each other love. Like it's we're putting deposits in the love bank.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it grows. It's I love what you said earlier. And I I've written about this so much. You know, we're we're tending to the garden of our love. And that means so many different things. That means you need to take out the weeds on a consistent basis, right, you right. need to nourish and replant, and it goes through cycles. And sometimes it's not doing well, and sometimes it's thriving, and it's still valid, right? And I love what you just expressed, and I, I wanna piggyback on that because I think it's important, right? the dynamics in relationship are going to continually change. It doesn't mean anything is wrong. It means it's evolving. And can we, because there's a lot of that out in the world, like the polarity talk, and that has also become, you know, um, diluted and tainted from my perspective because people have
0: oh, I agree you know,
1: totally agree and and then they're speaking about it without the having the embodied awareness of what is happening in that experience we are all masculine feminine we are all yin and yang we are all floating between those energies we're not meant to stay in those two poles we are meant to be mobile and feed each other oh. right and when you learn how to do that there are going to be moments where where like your love isn't as pronounced. And you have to witness that as your own cycle and learn how to not buy into that and and then therefore project it onto your partner.
0: Ah. Uh, I, I think what what I feel from you and Johan, especially from you in this conversation, is like the multidimensional template of relationship like 5.0. That and you might want to think about like some sort of branding around that. I don't know. But like I, I <laughs> I feel like there's certain people, and I definitely feel like this with Elora, like her and I definitely experience this and we're, we're in our professional work. There is a shifting in, in how we're showing up in the work that we want to do as individuals and also like in the future together with, with other couples and stuff there, there's like an emergence in that, that department, which is really amazing to, to experience and witness But it's bringing together like this very multidimensional, multidisciplinary nature of of human optimization by way of sacred relationship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like sacred relationship being the modality for the optimization versus some diet or some individuated specification.
1: Oh, I I 100% agree. And let's let's even take it out like this doesn't have to be... um... Even romantic for those who yeah. are not interested. There are people who are it's relating, period. Mm. That is where the practice is at the forefront. Because we can have, we can train, we can initiate ourselves, we can take the vows, we can, we can be an MD PhD doctorate, we can ah. go and read every single book. But if we are not in the embodied practice, it is not in our body. And our body rules our lives, right? like that's the choice that we're making right and so how do we <clears throat> choose love in an embodied way right it's like you you have to people like confuse what love actually is love is truth right mm. it is it is it is saying the thing that you are afraid to say with love
2: mm. right
1: that's real love is. And that's what keeps you evolving, right? When you're in a <clears throat> relationship, you are going to experience all of your shit on a clean mirror right in front of you. Well, hopefully a yeah. clean mirror. Oftentimes I'm yeah. not clean mm-hmm. But that's what it is. And it's teaching you to, to see your blind spots that you can't see on your own. And I believe blind spots are our greatest allies because that's how we evolve, right? Oh, someone is gonna show me what this action that I only know from the inside is creating in, in my reality outside of me. What a blessing, thank you so much, right? And there's a, when you're relating, it forces us in a positive way to to act with great compassion and kindness because you're dealing with another being,
0: right? Mm-hmm. And
1: we all have trauma and wounding and and scarring and, and have had terrible, horrific experiences, all of us, right? If you're just preaching the stuff and you're not actually working with a person, then you have to work with their energy.
2: Right. And it
1: forces us to slow down and really take into account how this person is feeling. Right. And that real healing, doesn't mean we don't say our truth. We have to get really creative on how mm-hmm. to deliver something in the most loving and kind manner so that they can be free and you can be free. And then you blossom as the Lotus of love.
0: And that's the that's the quantum key code then to all this, no matter how advanced or how like sophisticated the, the language or the word or the, the modalities of again, human optimization is the quantum key code at the center of it that unlocks everything from the heart of the matter. Is that loving awareness, that kindness, that compassion, that unconditional love, which is, you know, from every sage and spiritualist and every philosopher worth their salt has really kind of come to that conclusion that 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 is really the point of this existence and everything that we navigate and unwind and dismantle and, and unpack within ourselves to get to that truth. You know, say God is love well then yes. the whole pursuit of god is the pursuit of love and vice versa and that's an infinity that's an infinity spiral in of itself like that is, just, you know what I mean like that that those two statements are just infinity in of itself right. um and and i've only really truly experienced that yes in ayahuasca ceremonies yes in medicine ceremonies um in hd vision for sure but you know what you know it's really interesting the last couple of ayah ceremonies that I've had there's always these deep like communions with with God the father, the mother, the, all the different iterations the 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 some the 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 being or the it's kind of strange to call it that but it does feel like that or maybe it's you know it's my higher self I don't know but what what keeps coming up it says love one woman and that and that will be your devotion to me like my, my interpretation of God. And I like, it, it kept for me. So as a man, that had been a consistent message to me. And it showed me that actually sacred relationship in love, the essence of love is actually the only thing that's real. Everything else is a distraction. It's, it's just, it's props and stages essentially. But the love between the masculine, the feminine, the energetic of that, and the expression in human form that is actually why we're here.
1: I think that when we choose devotional love and to go into that portal.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: is you know it is a portal. The it portal. is an ever evolving portal and it takes a a level of skill and mastery in which really to me is just patience and compassion in order to go down that deep, dark tunnel and to stay the course, right? To not flail around, to not um, fuck shit up, or when you fuck shit up, stay on the course, you know? Like and, and to continue going down and down and down and down and down. And I think that most of us are missing that because our society is really obsessed with surface, right? What it looks like on the outside. You know, you want a great <clears throat> relationship, and Johan and I are very, you know, honest about all of the ups and downs that we've had in our relationship. And those are the parts that make our relationship so rich. Because mm-hmm. in those moments,
2: mm-hmm. we
1: didn't turn away from each other. Yeah. Right? We stood in the fire together. And it and it's those moments where you know every part of me wants to run away or wants to blame or shame or guilt or not take responsibility or play the victim or whatever it is, and to choose to let go of all of that and simply be with love. And, I, and I'm and i pretty sure I'm paraphrasing this. Ram Dass saying, tell the truth and be kind, right? that's what love is, right? And, and love has many fours, it gets to evolve. And there's so many different, the beauty of relationship now is there's so many different iterations. And I believe in all of those different iterations. You can be in whatever gender you are, whatever you identify as, if you have a polyamorous or whatever it is, there are so many different ways, but choosing radical devotional love and letting that lead you down the path of your becoming is, a, a, is I think what we're really seeking.
0: Yeah. I think I think yeah. you yeah. No say that again. Yeah.
1: I said even if you know there are those people as well who that path is just with you and and the divine and that yeah. too is that if you completely give yourself over mm. to that.
0: Mm. Be- thank you. Thank you. That that was that was very necessary to to add on and and I think you just really you communicated better than I exactly what I was what I was um yeah what I was wanting to communicate, essentially this, this devotion being the path. And it's not about another person or, or the relationship itself. That that's one of the beautiful, the most rarefied, beautiful and noble aspects of life. That's, that's basically what the, the medicine was showing me was that this is, mm-hmm. this is the juice, this is why you're here. This is what your soul wants to experience in the path to that and sustaining that and being in devotion to that is actually the thing kind of like we talked about the ritual is the thing the practice is the thing the 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 byproduct or the reward or the the outcome is 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 great but that's fleeting yeah um the emotions are fleeting the the devotion and the path is actually the reward and that's that's uh That's been my experience. And as I continue to mature and grow, um, that continues to be the truth. And uh I appreciate you being able to just articulate that so well.
1: I mean, me too. It's it is like it's I believe that the you know the path of devotion really reveals ourselves to ourselves because when you're choosing truth and love, right? The truth of our experience, our perspective right? The, the, the merging of two realities, right? Offering our truth with love and kindness, choosing to be into love. That is similar to what we just talked about, right? It's that choice. And then through that, you become your faded expression by the, Uh, by your, right? It's like, it's full circle. It really is. It is that it's like, those moments, and it's so nuanced and it will always for, be forever nuanced, which is why it's so exhilarating and exciting because mm-hmm. it's never boring. And that's what I think most people don't realize is that, you know, deep there's like dating and then there's commitment and then there's devotion. Uh. And devotion is never boring, it is an endless, mysterious portal to the divine. And it can go on and on when you are fully present in the moment you aren't rushing to the end result and you're willing to be completely undone in the moment and that is who we become when we when we be when we allow ourselves to become undone through a contraction let's say the the part of you that you meet in yourself is completely raw primal and exposed yeah. The thing that we're craving. That's why we do all of the medicine ceremonies, all of the practices, all of the things, right? And you can get that in relating time and time again.
0: Yeah. And I and I wanna um I wanna segue into the completion by also saying to what you're saying, which is such a so much depth and so much expansion potential in the conversation with and I want to I want to kind of highlight your work in both you and Johan's work in that particular frame of the unwinding, because there's a, a safe and effective, to use that terminology, there's a safe and effective way to do the relational unwinding, and then there's a maybe not so safe and not so effective way to do the unconscious trauma-based unwinding, which I think all of us have experienced probably more than not. And I, I think like not only the the brilliance of what you're saying, but I, I suspect in the work that you both do with clients, you probably provide a proper set and and setting and 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 guidance on how to unwind consciously.
1: Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's th- we need tools. We need them so 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 deeply. And listen, I believe on some in like some wild reality that we can express energetically but our willingness to slow down and be that present with ourselves is not really at the forefront because of the the craziness of our society so we need sort of the outward facing tools which is the power of linguistics like learning how to co-devotionally communicate is is an absolute game changer because our linguistics create our reality, and when you are co-creating a reality with someone, you get to be in on it together, and you are—it is our cl- the closest possible way that we can know each other's experience. Because mm-hmm. we can't actually ever know each other's experience. That's the beauty. That's the mystery of devotion: is that you think you know your partner, but you can actually never know them.
2: Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm.
1: Linguistics, mm-hmm. cadence, the tonality, the tools that we—you know. The the tantra of energetic mastery and learning the simplicity of appreciation and gratitude and physical touch and learning how to love your partner in the way that allows them to blossom is an art form that is ever evolving right and I I I like art form, because it is our art is not a formula right it is so unexplainable and that is what love is right it's 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 beyond what our human can experience we use tools to help us get there and on the pathway there we'll start to see patterns right because in this you know whatever universe we're in there is a mathematical pattern right we're aware of that in some way something is happening and you can start to see unlocking right? There's, I believe that we come in relationship to heal and to grow and to evolve and to love each other open. And I believe that's what Johan and I have most certainly and continue to do. He has loved me into the woman that I always knew I could be and beyond and I him,
2: Mm, mm. right?
1: That is through major healing of understanding and being present with what's happening in the other person, right? And instead of trying to fix them you're you're there to serve them yeah right and there's a there's a skill set in that and i believe that's the greatest skill set we can ever learn because then it applies to everyone i don't do this just with johan i do this with every person in my life that is close to me right whether it's in a working environment or if you're my close friend we're in the practice together We're in the trenches together, we're healing our lineage, we're healing our ancestry, we're healing our childhood wounds and our core wounds and our erotic wounds, and we're helping each other be the the most loved, open versions of us. And it all starts with our willingness to get out of our own way and think that everyone is here to hurt
0: us. Mm, mm. Beautifully said. (sighs) loving ourselves open loving the other open loving the world open yeah. yeah love is the answer and it's quite a journey it's quite a quest and it's an infinity loop and yes. uh wow yeah i think that that is the that is the place that we are going to leave it <laughs> we are going to leave it there for now um Wow. Well, where can everybody find out more about you, your work, and also both you and your partner, Johan's work together?
1: Yes. You can find me at Positive Pringle on Instagrams, Positive Energy, Pringle like the potato chip. It is my last name. And you can find my work at IamRachelPringle.com. Johan and I have a relationship mastery container coming up Towards the end of this year, I have a women's retreat in June in Southern Spain, and there's lots of courses and lots of stuff. And if this is interesting, come and join us for any and all containers. We're so enthralled by this work, and really believe Johann and I really believe that um, so much of why we are here and why we have found each other is to to bring this love to the world and to you know share these skills and these tools um, and because we can learn them, right? I I believe that we're here to do that. So let's do it together, because it's better together.
0: It's definitely better together, for sure. Thank you so much, Rachel. It's just an honor and pleasure and privilege. And I'm glad that the timing worked out perfectly for this all to come together. And uh, just very deeply grateful for you. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much. Such a pleasure, my love. Mm
0: -hmm.